Welcome back, everybody, to episode 17 of Perpetual Sports Talk. My name is Sean. And I'm Scott. Scott, we broke 200 downloads, man. Hey, congratulations. That's pretty good. There have been 200 people or 200 of just one person. Yeah. What do you think? Probably more towards the latter. We probably have 200, <laughs> you know, repeat offenders. Yeah. No, we have maybe a good 10 or 11 repeat offenders. Thank you to everybody that continues to listen on a, on a daily, uh, weekly, or even bi-weekly basis. That's right. And we're, we're moving sti- to a week. We're still looking for that fourth follower on Twitter, guys. If <laughs> You're you out want, there. If you want the, the shout-out, you got to go hit that follow button. It's not going to click itself. you got to make an At effort. At Perp Sports Talk. At Perp Sports Talk. Perp Sports Talk. Yeah. We got to put we got to put like a link to it in our in, yeah. in the in our podcast website and Can then do. we keep putting links in our twitter to our podcast they'll like be brothers they'll be friends so i it's guess that's the plan also we'll mention some perpetual sports talk giveaways at the end of the episode going to make that happen <laughs> too scott we're going to have right. bumper stickers t-shirts hats hats i, I want definitely a hat hat what about keychains Ooh, sort of missed the boat on Christmas ornaments. Yeah, yeah. Well, well big, big plans in the future for next Christmas. Right. Pre-order now as long Get as you're that fourth follower on Twitter. That's really important. Yeah. Go do that. <laughs> However, we get- follow, I will buy you a Christmas ornament for next year. There you go. That's Scott's word, and it's here forever, recorded yep. Yep, on the internet airwaves for fourth everybody, follow. for everybody to remember. So we got a pretty, pretty good show for you today we have a couple things around the nfl to talk about we'll focus a bit on the skins a little bit controversy going on with the dallas cowboys what else is new some rex ryan news Jameis winston gonna talk about bowl games and we got a new segment for you new segment scott give it to me brand new coaches omelet sticking with our food thing we had a few segments of that early on in, in the show, but we haven't re- returned to it. We're going to solidify it. Scott and I will be cracking some eggs Crackin'. of knowledge, and then we're going <laughs> to we're gonna make a nice little omelet. Just from coaching with our, with our coaching experience, we're going to make a little coaching or coach's omelet. And then, of course, due to the week, and then we'll get you out of here with some weekend leftover. But for now, how about we just start with the NFL, Scott? Sounds good. We got the Skins winning, right? That's what we got we to gotta revisit. Oh, yeah. Skins having a heck of a win last Saturday. Heck of a win. I mean, yeah. in no small fashion. That was just a good old-fashioned beatdown. Now, I hate to say it, it is the Browns. Does that take away from the Skins win at all? No. Why not? It was it was the Bears too, not Sorry. the Browns. Sorry. Just break far. It was the it was the Bears. <laughs> it was My the bad. Bears. No, I you're watched fine. the game, I promise. <laughs> no, but no, I don't think it takes it away. I mean, we when you play like that, um it, it's just 
all, all the way around, it was it was a good thing. You know, the offense was going. We didn't turn the ball over. Cousins had a what three TDs from Kirk Cousins. Yeah, two rushing. Um, we we ran the ball hard. I mean, that's just that's a Merry Christmas right there. It Gotta was, say. and and perhaps the merriest of all Christmas presents: five interceptions. Five. They doubled their total interceptions in one single game. Yeah, you've been talking about that for a while now, and I think I texted you during the game, and you know, I said, "Finally." Yeah. Yeah, I was just like, "Finally, we've won a game." And and we talked about it too. We talked about it. Yeah. The show. Uh, you want to see Norman get interceptions because good cornerbacks get interceptions. That's right. Great cornerbacks get interceptions. I mean, it's awesome what he's what he's been doing. He's been playing well, but there's just that little part of his game that's been lacking. And then he walks away with two. Walks away with a pair. And Breland also had a pair. Love seeing that. However, yeah. I think it was the first interception. I actually wrote this down. It came on the one-yard line, on their own one-yard line. The Bears were driving a little, and I think it was Breland's first. And it was an interception. It looked like he fell in the end zone for a touchback, but they marked it at the one. And I'm just thinking, you know, I want an interception. I'm not going to complain about this. But on the one-yard line, man, that's like, that's to me, that's like getting a two-out single in the bottom of the ninth when you're down by four. It's like, yeah, great, awesome. However, they ended up getting a field goal out of it. It was yeah, it was it. in the it was in the first half. But it was also another one I wanted to point oh go ahead. I'm sorry. No oh no, it just led that was the first one and then it led to four more. Awesome. I just wanted to point out Norman had two picks, right? Correct. There was another one, I think I think one of Breland's um that Norman actually tipped up to him. You know, so like that doesn't go down in the stat sheet as anything. But Norman defended the pass really well, tipped it up, and Breland caught it for the interception. And, you know, I was I was looking at that like, you know, wow, Norman like should be credited with two interceptions there. And then he ended up getting another one. Right. But you know, it's it's just the the fact of the matter, you know, you don't get you don't see that. You know, and that's a good cornerback. He he should have almost had three really that game. You know, because the other one was his was his too. It was his doing. He was in there. Yeah, he was in exactly. there making plays. But and you know, that's he he's been doing it all year in one way or another. I mean, he's been caught off guard. But that's what he needs to do. He needs to have big games like the. If to, in my opinion, that guy, seventy five million dollar man, needs to have more games like that. I mean, this was great, but do it. You know, do it against not a third string quarterback. And try to do it regularly. Do it against a first-string quarterback and do it regularly. That's what I want to see. Right. Perhaps it's greedy. And another guy playing out of his mind, Deshaun Jackson. In the first in the first quarter alone, he had 80, 80 reception yards. He ended yeah. up with 114 because he got a little dinged up his jaw. But it was almost like before the game, he went over to Kirk and was like, hey, man. I need to remind everybody that I'm still relevant. So you're going to have to find me a couple times for, for a couple of big plays. Last week we talked about who would we take, Deshaun Jackson or Pierre Garçon. And I think, if I'm remembering correctly, Scott, both of us were leaning towards Garçon. Garçon. Yeah, of course. Definitely. But then d has a day like this. 
and you could remember, oh yeah, he's lightning fast. It's like, man, right. really don't want to give that up either. So well, did Jack th- will get he'll get the money somewhere else. Uh, he'll he'll get his money. He's not going to get it from us. Um, but no, he'll he'll go somewhere else and and get his fair fair deal. But no, I don't think it changes. It doesn't change anything for me at least. Okay, our son is a possession receiver. You know, he he just he may he gets the catches, he gets the yards. He's reliable. And how about this? And how about this thought for you, Scott? Give it to me. What is what is Deshaun Jackson's like what's the best part of his game? The deep threat. The deep threat. The speed. He's able to get down there quickly. And when he gets the ball in his hand, it's like amazing how fast he is. Now, he is thirty years old. If that's the best part of his game at the age of 30, isn't there, I don't know, if, if you're a GM looking at him thinking, okay, is that speed really going to be here for another three or four years? Or maybe just, do you see what I'm saying? The best right. part of his game is also the part of his game that will leave him probably pretty soon. Right. Well, you, you lose a step definitely as you get older. So, you know, but they usually sign contracts for three or four years, and then it's kind of over. Um, but, no, you're, you have a point there. You have a point there. Pierre Garçon is how old? They're 28, 29. He's, he's just as old, though, right? Right, can, but, but he's not relying on speed. His speed. That's what your point is. Right. He, that's what I'm saying. At the age of 30, you're, like you said, you're going to lose a step. Garçon's but 30 Garçon, as well. But, Bar, but Garçon has a couple more – tools in his in right. his bag right he doesn't i mean he doesn't really oh, drop right. anything he had his the first drop of of the season came two games ago and he blocks and yeah he's not the, he's not the deep threat but how often have we used that anyway it's great when it happens but that's not what our playbook revolves around right. so right. so so our opinions don't change it's garcon it's not no. It's not. It's not D-Jack. Well, that's that's okay. That's fair. That's okay. But uh, let's. You want to? I want to save the uh, the preview for this coming week because it's a huge week. I think we should save that for next episode. Um, I just want to give everybody kind of a rundown on you know what's what what we're looking at though, um, especially with with last week. Um, there was basically the well. Basically, the, the the destiny is in the Redskins' hands right now. Correct. They're win Pre- next week, and they're in. Pretty much, unless in, what a tie or something like a that. Tie. Then you have a three-way. You have three teams. I'm pretty confident. Nine, six, and one. I'm gonna root for that to happen. Honestly, diehard Skins fan want to see him in there. And we're still I'm, in. I'm gonna root for. Three teams being no, because then they look at they look at the at their own conference. They they look at a bunch of different stuff that I kind of don't am not comfortable enough getting into right now. I wasn't as okay. comfortable as our MLB tiebreaker, but but anyway, go on with what you're saying. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're fine. Uh, I'm not I'm not going anywhere with it. I just think you know if people are coming here looking for a preview of next week, I think we're going to save that for next episode. For sure. Um, there was a bunch of different things like we we beat Chicago, obviously. Um, the Buc- Buccaneers lost and Detroit lost. 
So all of those situations happen, which, you know, plays in well, and the Cowboys won. That was the big thing too. You know, yeah. I mean, Detroit lost. Cowboys, Cowboys won. Cowboys beat Detroit. Right. Last that night. was the biggest thing of of the weekend, really, for me. Correct. Um, was just seeing the smackdown of the Cowboys, or sm- Cowboys smacking down the Lions. That bodes well for Redskins fans. I'll tell you what. Yeah, it was awesome. And you know what? I'm actually sort of surprised that you wanted to get into this again, Scott, because when I tried to bring up all the what if scenarios. When we were previewing the game last week, you died. Well, no, I, I thought I, you got a little butthurt at me. You're like, you know, this is bad it, conversation. It does, it's frustrating. All right, man. It, it, is, All right. it is frustrating. You're but, just you know, you're we, just ticked because the skins weren't in control, and you and you. But didn't now that they're talk in control, yeah. So you're cool to I talk mean, about I, it. I honestly didn't know that they had to have the Bucks lose. To, to be completely honest, I didn't know they had to have the Bucks lose to control their own destiny. Now well, that they control if, their own destiny, I feel a lot better. If you would have let me better. finished, you would have known that last week. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. No, no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you mentioned the Cowboys, so let's put the let's put the skins on the back burner until Thursday, and that'll be our Scott and Sean's rocking New Year's Eve, and we'll and we'll Sounds preview <laughs> we'll preview. Skins Giants, which I'm actually going to it. By the way, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited. Really? Oh yeah. And when I How'd when I got the that? tickets, uh, my uncle, my uncle hooked me up. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, really awesome. When I got the tickets, I was thinking, you know what? This game is either going to mean everything, or it's just going to be kind of a bummer going to because the Giants will have a lock and and the Skins it, it won't even matter. But I'm excited, and we'll preview it more on Thursday. You mentioned the Cowboys winning handily over the Detroit Lions last night. Now, they're up by three scores in the fourth quarter, and Coach Garrett decides not to pull Dak Prescott, and he caught a little bit of flack for it, at least from the moron reporters after the game, saying, hey, how come you're not doing this? And then a bunch of fans chimed in, what are we doing? How come we're not saving Prescott for... The playoffs, blah, blah, blah. I think it's awesome that he kept him in. And I'm probably the only one who thinks that. I think it's awesome. For number one, if he were to put Romo in the game, Romo has a far better chance getting hurt than Dak Prescott. Not even close. If um, Romo takes one wrong hit, he's done. And now you got one quarterback going to the playoffs. Woohoo, good job. The other thing is that it prevented any weird conversations from happening. Like, like if Romo did really well, then people coming out and saying, "Oh, should have had, should have had Romo in the whole season." Blah blah blah. You know, didn't want to see that because, despite the fact that I hate the Cowboys and I'm a Redskins fan, I kind of liked seeing Prescott doing what he's been doing. So I like the decision by Garrett. I like that he kept kept his kept his guy in i mean that's his guy that's the offense and he's not going to change anything about it i i hate how we're still talking about it you know they won big they're having a great year they're 13 and 2 it shouldn't even be a conversation really i mean it's it's war it's mentioning because it's in the newspaper today like that's we have to talk about it but you know in in the reality it's like how are we still talking about this like has as as Dak Prescott not proved himself to be a worthy starting quarterback in the NFL. Oh, he sure you know? has. But it's just like but, 
he's going to get hurt. He's going to get hurt. But like, it's just because it's Romo. That's really what how it is. It's just because it's Romo and the Cowboys and America's team is the only reason why we're still talking about this. I guess, but I think more the fact than it it was it was the same controversy at the beginning of the season. Right. I think exactly. now it's more injury based. Nah. Which if you put Romo in there, I get there's it. I like get a seventy five percent chance he's gonna get injured. You keep Dak <laughs> in there, he's gonna be fine. And yeah. now it's just unfortunate timing because look at poor Derek Carr. He's missing the playoffs. He's he'll miss the Super Bowl even if they make it. He's out for a couple months with that with the broken fibula. And so it was probably just awkward timing. Like media right. and fans saw that and now it's like, "Well, that could have happened. Well, you know what? It didn't." And I hope Prescott plays the entire game <laughs> next weekend. I I hope he does. Why? Why do you say that? Cause I just think that's just being that's what being that's what being a competitor is all about. You want to be in there. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, he's you, gonna play the first half. Be he's gonna there. play the first half and play Romo the second half. Watch. That's my bold prediction. Then Romo's gonna get hurt and they're gonna have one quarterback for the playoffs. I think it's. I think the whole injury argument could be used, you know, against the group of people using it. Because Prescott, he's not getting hurt. Romo Solid will guy. probably get hurt. He's fragile. He's old. Either way. Prescott's Either a bigger way. guy. Either way, I don't know. I still think Prescott first half, Romo second half. That's how it's going to go. Yeah. We'll see. That's we'll, talk, we'll talk about it more next week. Sure. A couple more things. Rex Ryan. Yes. The Rex Ryan. Coach Fired. Rex, are you saying what? So, so what are you gonna do now? What are you gonna do after you're here, let Scott? Lay, I, I got him. I got him on the phone. Let me just let me just ask him. Now that the poor guy lost his job, what are you, what are you doing, Coach Ryan? Let's go to eat a damn snack. You heard him. He's looking for his snacks. <laughs> any any thoughts on him being fired, Scott? No, not really. It's the way it's the way the NFL works. The way the NBA works. You know, you don't get much time, and if you're put in a crappy situation with no quarterback, that's just you know how it goes. That's the way. It's the way she goes. Way, way she goes. <laughs> you know, there's positives and negatives for it. You know, um, but you know, it's hard when you don't have a, a a franchise quarterback, and there's no way you can call Tyrod Taylor a franchise quarterback. Yeah, and now they're even going to start. Um, they're even going to start. What's his name? Manual. Right. Oh, have they said that? Just uh, yeah, they're going to start Manual in week seventeen, just trying to look ahead for uh, the future. So the kid from Florida State. Hmm. I guess. I'm not sure if I like that whole future thing. I mean, I get it, but I don't know. We'll see. I, I honestly, I wouldn't mind. The only real thought I have on it is I wouldn't mind seeing Rex Ryan maybe in a uh, Redskins polo. Next year. Oh yeah, I think he likes DC. Oh yeah, I think uh, there were pictures of him. It was, I guess, it was the preseason when they came when they came into town. He was rocking like a Bryce Harper jersey, walking around, walking around downtown. Got <laughs> the got the curly W Bryce Harper. So I don't know if that was just a, oh hey I'm in town let me when in Rome type deal, or if he legitimately likes DC. However, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Not 
you know, not a top coaching position. Maybe something. Maybe something. But that's that's enough about that's enough about Rex Ryan. So you wanted to talk about famous Jameis, right? No, I, I think I think it's worth mentioning kind of as the season's wrapping up. I don't want to spend too much time um, talking about a guy, you know, in Tampa Bay, the crappy city, you know, but he's having a heck of a year. Why is he's Tampa having, Bay? Hold on, hold on. Why is Tampa Bay a crappy city? I don't know. I don't know. Just, I've never had a good impression of Tampa Bay. The Rays, the Bucks. There's nothing nothing good really comes around Tampa Bay much. Hmm. What I, feel, about, I don't know. What about University of South Florida? That's in Tampa, isn't it? Is that is that a good? Is that a positive? Well, I don't know. It's <laughs> kind of good at football. They had that flowers. I, don't think, I think we're going to piss off all our South Florida listeners here. There so might be a couple South Florida. About. Who knows? <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe our fourth follower will be a South Florida alumni. Some guy complaining. And now he's probably going to unfollow us after he heard what you just said. Yeah, just tam- trash in Tampa Bay for no good reason. <laughs> No, but I did have some positive things to say about Jameis. I mean, he's having a heck of a year. Um, he has a record as in he has the most passing yards in his first two seasons. He needs like 200 and something more to pass Andrew Luck. And he's in a good group. Of, he's in a good company there. He's got Andrew Luck, Cam Newton. He's ahead of Peyton Manning and Dan Marino already. Um, but but the guy's a leader, and, and you kind of – what, I think you made fun of him the other the other week for his uh, for his pregame talks. I au contraire, I wasn't making fun of him. I liked him. It was just a it was a goofier fashion. It wasn't the screaming and yelling and let's do this. It was an honest to God I, desire yeah. to want to be with his boys and hype him up and dude, that's know, awesome. I, I, that's I have, what I have I'm saying. It was just I have different. a lot of respect for Jameis. I was just, well, res- okay, okay. But well, as a football player, maybe off the field, I haven't really read into him who he is as a person. Uh, maybe you have more, but I mean, as a as a football player, he's a heck of a football player and a heck of a leader. Yeah, and probably gonna have another another awesome season next year. For that, that wraps up the NFL. We will preview the Skins game on Thursday, but let's go down a level. To college football. And I want to talk about a couple bowls specifically. Now, a couple weeks ago, we sort of were making fun of some bowls. Now, I came to the conclusion over the weekend that bowls matter. No matter matter which one it is, bowls matter. Let me point out a couple bowls that, I don't know, People, maybe us, may have considered pointless, especially before before they happen. Number one, Hawaii Bowl. Ah, I just want to talk about it. Hawaii wins 52-35, beating Middle Tennessee. Now, that was Hawaii's first bowl since 2006. Now, if you told the players that, uh, you know what, this doesn't matter, I mean, it'd be insulting. That bowl mattered to them, right? And just a couple, just a little highlight. I was actually, I wanted to save this for weekend leftover. They ran a fake punt play in like the mm-hmm. third quarter when they were only up by a score. Fake punt play, 
and the the long snapper actually actually snapped the ball over the punter's head. It was like a 30-yard snap, and it was one of the most impressive things I saw in sports the entire weekend. <laughs> However, that's our first bowl in 10 years. Yeah, the bowl's small. Ah, we laugh at it. That bowl matters, especially to those players. Mississippi State beating Miami of Ohio in the St. Petersburg Bowl. <laughs> However... The way they played, Mississippi State beat Miami of Ohio on a blocked field goal in the last second. It would have put Miami up 19-17, and they would have just walked it off. But the way, just watching it, the way the Mississippi the Mississippi State line leaped over the Miami line, it was yeah. just like, okay, guys, we're not actually about to lose to a mid-American conference team. It's just not going to happen. And it was just clear that it was just competitiveness, just fire taking over and winning the game. A game that maybe they should have lost, so they deserved a loss, but no, they just refused to do it, and watching it was awesome. That bowl right there mattered. Well, why did it matter in like the long run? It mattered to those kids and those players, but why did? how did it matter to... You know, the people watching it or the like the 10 people that were there. The way I see it, it's the th- three different groups of people have different agendas for sports. You have the players, probably the purest of agendas, right? They're playing the because time. they love it. They're passionate about it. At least the right ones, the guys who play it the right way. Okay, number one. Number two, fans. They watch it. For lack of a better word, really lack of a better word, entertainment. Particularly someone who doesn't have a whole lot of stock. Say they're not a Mississippi State alumni or a Miami of Ohio alumni. Watch it for some entertainment. And then finally, you have your higher-ups. They're involved for the dough, for the money. That's the third agenda. Okay, That's what these bowls sort of bring to the table, according to me. That's my little thesis okay and all the bowls i just named they they check off all of that for the players okay for for the people watching it's entertaining i mean that hawaii bowl it ended up being it ended up being you know a multiple score game but that thing was a shootout for three quarters and they Uh ran some interesting plays and now i'm gonna remember wow miami played miami of ohio played mississippi state right till the end I might be tuning into more Mid-American games next year. I might be watching more Hawaii games next year because I got a little bit of history on it. They haven't won a bowl game since 06, and that's the way they played. They were playing just with some courage and some fire. They're going to be on my list of teams to watch next year now, which helps those higher-ups, obviously, you know, ratings and money. That's, that's what I'm saying. I think it benefits all three agendas. My last one, BC beating Maryland. That was BC's first bowl win since 2007. And like you said a couple weeks ago, you said that these bowls, they're not the highest they're not the highest thing that teams can can, can accomplish. They're not their conference championship. They're not the college playoff. However, 
BC and Maryland, they need to look look at themselves and say, okay, yeah, we're BC. We're not making it to the ACC championship. We're just not. We know that. We are the bottom of the barrel ACC team. University of Maryland, similar thing. We got a new head coach. We're playing in the Big Ten, arguably the best conference in college football. We're not making it to the Big Ten championship, let alone the college football playoff. So this is their championship, no matter how meaningless it might mean. And B- I already said BC got the W thirty six thirty. Yeah. So that, that's I all get I mean. that yeah, it's kind yes, of you're turning away. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I get where you, I get where you're going with this, and you have a great point here because I was the the advocate of Christian McCaffrey and the and the critic of of all the bowl games. Correct. Um, Scott, are there too just... many bowl games? Yes. There are too many bowl games. And 31, right? I mean, is that too many? 30, 40, 39, yeah. I mean, come on. There's, I, I get what you're saying, and there, there are good benefits, but in the long run, we could do without these games. We really could. I don't know. If, if, if I hadn't have seen the Hawaii Bowl, it was late Christmas Eve, it still would have been an awesome Christmas Eve, but I'll tell you something, that Hawaii Bowl made it just a little bit better. Yeah, because football's good. I get that. Okay, I see. See what I'm saying? Anyway, in our conversation about McCaffrey, you know, sitting out, I think this goal this goes to that first part of my thesis and players, what players get out of these bowl games, having that competitiveness and that fire. And right. yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say Christian McCaffrey isn't, isn't a competitive guy. I would think that would be a wrong statement. However, sitting out, man, it just, again, I I understand. I just don't like it. I mean, there's something, if you're a competitor, it doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter if you're playing ping pong in your basement. Don't you just want to be there and want to kick someone's butt every single day? That's it. Just it left a bad taste in my mouth. It didn't sit well with me, and I feel like it could be insulting to a lot of the kids who are in that game, and to a lot of the a lot of the players and teams mm-hmm. in these what we call smaller bowls, and and maybe laugh and maybe laugh at. However, after some bowls over the last couple of days, I've come to the conclusion that there's no such thing as a me. And I hope there are a hundred bowls next year. I'm just kidding. Oh man! But stop. But yeah, it. it might seem ridiculous, but they matter. They do matter, even though it might be small. They matter, and that's my and that's my one and only. Well, there are a couple thoughts, but but those are my thoughts on on the bowls this year. What about Army beating North Texas? Can we, oh. can we mention that, or are we going to shoot? I, well, Scott, I was trying to the, wrap up the segment without mentioning. Yeah, good for yeah, them. Yeah, I get they, it. No, in overtime. Yeah, in overtime. hey, eight and five on the season. That's a that's not a bad year. That's not a bad year for Army. And right. beat Navy. That was the main thing. That's see, you just you know, I guess to Army rubbing it in. I, oh, I guess to rubbing, Army. The, I guess to Army there is such thing as a small bowl because they don't care. They only care about one game. Oh, we could have lost this bowl and it wouldn't have mattered. Nobody would have cared. Cool. Yeah, I just again. But we beat Navy. Sit well with me at all. That's what matters. Okay, let's uh, let's move on to the NBA. And Scott, what All do you right. got with the with the association? <laughs> this is this is my segment more. You kind of had the college football one. I kind of had the NBA one. And I usually talk a lot about the NBA. Take so it if over. you're listening, you got if it. you're listening, 
So, so what basically I have to explain this here, the league has a two minute report. So every game they come out with a re- this report. Um, it's the, it's the, it's a public review of the officiating in the last two minutes of every game. So they come out and they basically say, you know, if the refs called the game the correct way, this call or this call should be made, this call should this call shouldn't have been made or shouldn't have been made. It's it goes it goes a lot of ways. And Kevin Durant publicly um, aired his grievances about that. And I have been saying this for a long time. If you know me, that I think this two minute report is is a load of crap. I think it's I think it's very wrong. Um, it's a bad look on the league um, as a basketball guy. Um, I think the players don't agree with it. I think it's for the media to satisfy the media. Honestly. How come, if if you don't mind me interrupting, how come they're not looking over the entire game in just the last two minutes? Because that would be that would just be too much. That would be too much work, really. Um, the last the right two way. minutes, they say, the last two minutes is what really determines the game. So what really came out of this? It was the Warriors um, Warriors Cavs game on Christmas Day. When the Warriors lost by a, a point, um, and people say that Durant should have should have gotten the foul call um, at the right at the end of the game, yeah, should have got the foul call, so um, he would go to the line and shoot too. Regardless, I don't think it matters. I don't think that's that's not what it's about. I think it just airs the airs out the officials. The league should be behind the officials with every call. That's at least that's what I like. I think the officials are getting a very raw end of the deal um, through this, and it's just completely unfair. You know, I think the the league should be like, you know, we trust them; they're the best in the world. They do their job phenomenally, and they do. And they're also human, and they will miss calls. So I don't think it's fair for the league to just come out and say the last two minutes you should have called this; it should have been a foul. So in that last two minute report. They came out on the report and said that Durant should have been fouled. They should have gotten the foul call in that last in the last second thing. Right, and but Durant, even Durant, you know, go ahead. Well, I just want to add to your point is that I'm sure if you were in the Golden State locker room at the end of that game after losing by a point, nobody was saying, you know what, if it wasn't for that last call. We no, would want. I'm not. sure they they could have pointed to a dozen different well, things. The same thing that with every game. They, no, no good healthy locker room will ever point at the umpires, correct. or the refs, or anything like that. That is a coaching nugget for you. You can't blame the refs because you could have done something earlier in the game to get that point back. You probably exactly. turned the ball over. Exactly. You probably took a bad shot. It you just, probably did this, and you can't blame it on the ref. At the it just the happens to be in that dismal two-minute window that now they're picking apart with a fine-tooth comb. Right, and that's and that's what he said. And so that's funny how Durant was the guy that should have gotten the foul call. Now turns around and says, the refs didn't lose us that game. We lost that game. We could have been better. He thinks it's BS that the NBA threw the refs under the bus like that. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with him. I completely understand where he's coming from there. It it gives reporters something to write about, 
It gives Jagaloon media and radio guys something to talk about. This whole, you know, this whole picking apart the last two minutes. That's, that's why. That's, that's why I said this two-minute report is to- completely for the media. It's not for the players to be like, for you know, a moral support and be like, you should have gotten the foul call there. That's that's bull crap. I'm sure there are players who would have players other than KD who who may would have used that almost as a crutch. I'm sure they're out there, and I'm sure there are a lot of players who would have had. So the classiness that KD had and said, no, that's that's not it. Yeah, that's not, I'm sure I'm sure they're both out there. However, I think, like you said, the, the players and the coaches and the locker rooms, they're not going to be affected by this. And no, if this is just feeding the media fire. Then it is you know, it's what, something, to, something to write about. Right. As, as long as it's not affecting the I mean, what it might start doing now, maybe refs will really call anything inside two minutes in order to not be featured on this two minute on the two minute write-up you see what i'm saying like now the whole game's gonna change well, they're gonna be uptight the rest gonna, yeah they're oh, gonna I call everything i can't miss a thing because they're to relax they're, they're the best in the world like just let them do their job you know and support them either way that's what good organizations do they support their their employees even if they make mistakes Right. So, and you know, but you know, th- I mean, this happens in all sports. I mean, it does not as much in baseball. I mean, because now there's video, video replay, but you're not like the MLB is not coming out and giving a strike zone report on how many strikes and balls this guy missed. They they support their ump because they go each ump is different. You know, it's it's a judgment call. That's what the strike zone is. Yeah, but and he- and they support their umpires because they they. You know, they want him to come back. That's, yeah. That's the but, world. But there is this little yearning for a umpire Tron, a robot umpire just oh, calling would, the ball. I would hate that. Yeah, and and any baseball purist segment. would. But honestly, it, and it is another say. I just wanted to maybe tie this two-minute report into 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 different sporting realms. That's all. Fair enough, but that's all I really have on the on the NBA as far as the two minute report. How Durant has a lot of class by coming out and saying, you know, I wasn't tripped, I tripped. You know, it's 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 important, I think. For sure, uh, Scott, the Wizards didn't get to five hundred; they lost. Yeah. You, you know, we'll get they, there. Yeah, maybe as long as they can <laughs> stay right around there. They're in the playoffs. Yeah, get hot the at the right yeah. time. We'll yeah, see. We'll see. Okay, NBA. Good night. We're putting you to bed, and we'll talk about you another day. Up next is a new segment. It's a new segment, everybody. Golly, you know what I should have just done, Scott? I should have <laughs> had some sort of sound going. When I said new segment, like, you know, something like <laughs> bells. God. Lost your soundboard. I though. should try to do it. Can I, oh, did lose the soundboard. Cell phone. Totally just quit being a cell phone on me over the weekend. And that was where the... <laughs> hey, everybody, that's where our soundboard was. was my Came cell a rock. Um, expensive rock. It was. New segment. Calling it the Coach's Omelet. Now, we've sort of danced around this in past episodes. We, you know, Scott cracking coaching eggs of knowledge. And that's what we're doing. We're just going to make a coaching omelet by cracking a few 
cracking a few coaches' eggs, just things that Scott and I have picked up on over our over our experience with coaching basketball and baseball, respectively. So, my egg, the omelet that I'm about to make, my egg is really for the coaching staff of the Washington Redskins. And it's very simple. Don't settle for improvement. When you were a kid playing whatever you were playing, the most improved trophy was never the most coveted award to receive. In fact, it was probably the one that the other kids scorned the most. So I cannot stand when I hear things like, moving in the right direction, getting better each day. I can't stand hearing it. And I, and I, that's the nature of the beast. Coaches have to say that to maybe appease the powers that be. However, the skins are knocking right on the door of the playoffs. And Coach Gruden has said, if we do not make the playoffs this year, it will be a disappointment because... They were NFC East champs last year. Now, yeah, that's the right mindset. But I do not want to go one and out and say, hey, you know what? We looked real good and we uh, we did a lot of good things and uh, we have, we've, we've gotten better in a lot of aspects of the game. I don't want to hear that. If they go one and out, no matter who they're playing, if Pretty they go group. one and out... I'm trying, dude. If they go one and out, I want to hear him say, you know what? We failed. We failed. Where our goals were at the beginning of the season, we did not reach them. We failed as a team, as a staff, as players, as an organization, everything. And there's and you know what? We're gonna we might have to shake a couple things up. Might have to shake a couple things up in the offseason. I want him to, to to say something. To regardless though, whether they say it's a failure or not, it's the same thing. It's the same exact thing. Do not settle for improvement. What's wrong? What's wrong with getting better each day, though? Because that's the ultimate goal of practice. At least, at least for me. Yeah, that's is a practice. To, to that's, get to get five percent percent better. You know. Let me ask you something, Scott. Have you ever gone into a game not expecting to win? No. Exactly. You always do. Exactly. So when you don't win. You don't, it's a huge failure. You, it's a huge you, disappointment. Exactly. So if they're okay, expecting so we're talking to win about every two game, different things, practice and yeah, that's but also right. seasons are kind of like from, that. You know, if you only win one game and then you go and make the playoffs, I'm not saying the Redskins did, but if you like make that big of a change, or even you win eight or nine games and miss the playoffs, that's a huge improvement. That's not a failure. Can you see what I'm saying? So your case is specifically to the Redskins. Correct. It's, but no, it's 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 coaching in general, Scott. Don't settle. Don't let improvement be the only thing you hang your hat on. Is that a cool thing? Yeah. Seeing, seeing guys improve and grow, that's great. However, there should be an ultimate goal, especially when you go up level by level, of just being well, winning focus. You're not receiving instruction oh, you're anymore. Right. You're right. here to win because you are the best in the world. Okay? Not trying, yeah, we're trying to grow well, and be have more skills as a team, but you're not trying to get better. You're trying to win. You're the best in the world. That's why you're here. How much better do you want to get? Win. That's what I'm well, saying. There should be yeah, a desire your, 
in your philosophy, basically anything less than a championship at every level is a failure. And not not that I disagree with that. Not that, let me preface by that. I don't disagree with that. Um, but there is in some cases when you can say turn around as you know a coaching staff or or whatever and turn around and say, okay, we went from this to this. We're going in the right direction. That's the that's the bad news bears approach. Oh, we went from suck to stink. Blah blah blah. Yeah, that's that's baloney. No, we to went me. we went from. No, I. You don't I remember don't that. You so. don't remember that line from Bad no, News no, Bears. You, no, I do. Like, I, I'm just trying. To, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think about this because there is in some cases where you're not going to win every single game. You're, you're just not. You're not going to go undefeated. You can't. But you you all go into every game expecting to win. But you can turn around at the end of the season and said, "Okay, we were here at the beginning of the season, or even last year, and now we're here. Now let's take this up a notch, and now we're competing." to make the playoffs and win a championship. You know, there there is certain improvements that can be made. You can't just go from a in the NFL, I guess if we're talking, you know, we can't go from the Browns this year to winning a Super Bowl next year. The Browns have to turn around and say, "Okay, how do we get to 500 next year?" Okay, I'm saying don't settle for improvement. Is that a goal for certain teams? Yeah, it's a crappy to, one. Don't settle for it, especially if you're coming off of an awesome season, right? Because improving from awesome to slightly better awesome, just don't. I don't like that mindset. I want to have a just a killer mindset. Go out there and win every game. Why not? A really cool. Of course, story. going into the game, I want to win. But if when I turn around at the end of the season, I realistically can understand that I'm not going to win every game. A really cool story about the Kansas City Royals. When they lost, when they lost that 2014 World Series to the Giants, yeah, they they went right back the next year and they beat the Mets. And yeah. that spring training before that season they won, they were all just sitting in their club. It's spring training. They're sitting in their clubhouse, and everybody is thinking. Okay, apparently it's just, it just it's an aroma. Everybody is thinking about losing the World Series, and there was no well. What we could have done here was, you know, no. If you're in the World Series, they just stood up and they're like, you know what? Let's go work on rundowns today. Let's go do rundowns. There was no whatever slightly. Damn, let's just get. They were making it to the World Series and they were going to win the. When we found out it was Kansas City and New York Mets in the World Series, everybody, if you're a baseball guy, you knew that the Kansas City Royals were winning that because they're not going to settle for simply improving stuff. They were going to go out and have that killer mentality and win. That's my coaching nugget, Scott. You can poke holes in my omelet all you want. I'm not changing that. No, I'm not poking that. holes. I, I completely agree with that. Don't settle I, for improvement. I, I agree with that. Do you want to expand on your... Not, not blame, no. not, not blaming refs or umpires or whoever. Might no, be. no, we'll save that for another day. I'm sure that'll come up again somehow. I'm just saying, a healthy locker room never blames the refs for you know losing by a bucket um, at the end of the game. There's there's just nothing that could uh, nothing good that comes of that. You can't dwell on that. You have to look at the whole big picture. Um, but that was my thing with Golden State in the NBA. 
kind of the segment before it was not really a coaching nugget but it kind of turned into that so yeah it was a nice lead-in to this to this new segment and hopefully sure. it's going to be a regular segment once a week of course you know hopefully all three followers on twitter like we'll get it. there somehow yeah you know twitter people leave us your thoughts did you like the omelet did it taste good did you want more mushrooms did you want more <laughs> cheese something let us know but that's it so let's let's go to another new segment scott another new segment what do you think all right we can do it right now we're just jump just let's just jump right, right in. in all right sure um we got the other new segment which is called slapdick of the week there it is we have we have dude of the week and now we have slapdick of the week right um i think it's very important this one's a really good one um to kick off the first slapdick of the week um Segment, which is happened in the North Texas Army game. Oh, okay? I think you know where I'm going with this one. It happened in the North Texas Army game. Um, the running back, they were in shotgun formation for North Texas. The running back was next to the uh, quarterback, and he proceeds to blow chunks, for lack of better words, uh. just projectile vomits all over his face mask and the field in front of him. Now, they're all lined up. They're all set. Everybody's set. The quarterback is in, you know, is calling his, uh, is calling his uh, count, and he, boo, just all over. The quarterback, not really knowing what he's doing, kind of hesitates, and the snap goes, and he fumbles the snap. That poor kid, man. That is a slap dick. <laughs> poor kid. Oh, sure, it's a poor kid, but it does. On, how funny is that? It does fit the definition pretty well, I suppose. He oh, projectile vomit so much that the quarterback missed the snap. It was a distraction. It was like basketball. The quarterback got psyched out. It just got. I mean, I I even I watched the video a few times, and it almost looks like the army players freeze. And they're like, what is what is happening here? Like, are we are we gonna play through this? Mm. But no, what a what a heck of a what a heck of a slapdick of the week start, I think. Yeah. Good good kickoff. No pun intended. So that's our new segment. It's the yin to due to the week's yang, or the yang to the due to the week's yin, if you wanna Never. if you wanna call oh. it that. And we'll have a we'll have a due to the week for you. Next time, next episode on Thursday. And now for a familiar segment, Weekend Leftover. We're reaching into the to the leftover bin, what looks tasty. And I don't have like a tasty one. I have maybe an obscure one. Like you got a little, uh, you got some raw oysters leftover. That it's, you know, <laughs> you got to gotta eat them today. Oysters Those things can only stay over. good for a couple hours. And it's, it's odd because it's not professional sports. It's junior sports. Team, Team Canada starts off on a good note by, by beating Russia in the junior hockey championship tournament. And the reason why this stuck out to me was because uh, D2, the Mighty Ducks, came on 
a couple days ago. I guess it wasn't oh. over the weekend, Man. but I thought they went well together. And it was that one scene where the Iceland kid is walking off, says a classic line. Let's go shake their hands. And uh, so this little story about, you know, those Canadian <laughs> kids beating Russia. There you go. I thought, I thought, what, way, to, way to start off. Start off That's on a high and it just opened it. It just opened it. So that wasn't like the results. I don't know who's going to be in the championship, but it's something I'm going to write down and definitely going to kind of mention again. That's that's a good little leftover. Thanks, God. It's a good little Appreciate leftover. I, I got really nothing on my agenda. Uh, I know we're we're back in we're back at it in basketball season. Um, there's it's kind of a slow news cycle, and that's tough to say as you know, a guy that wants people to listen to the show. Um, but that's not what we're all about. We're about you know getting opinion out there and you know showing our side uh, on our take on things um so having a slow news cycle isn't particularly bad for us um but it's bad that we don't really have any weekend leftovers or um or stuff like that but we're back in the basketball season we have two games coming up and you know back in the back in the swing of things so hitting, hitting it hard getting the christmas out of us you know all that's right Christmas out of us and, and New Year's quickly approaching. So, so we're going to be coming, we're going to be live again, well not live, but we're going to be recording again, throw it up on throw it up on the website on Thursday. That'll be Scott and Sean's rocking New Year's Eve. And the so, Twitter. And Twitter. Everybody still looking for that fourth follower. If you want to brag to your friends, you should probably be that fourth follower. Everybody in the top ten. So at four through ten, you will get yourself one of uh, Scott's Perpetual Sports Talks hats that he's going to design. <laughs> so you're going to earn yourself a free one, and then you know maybe ten through twenty, you get yourself like a nice little keychain, and we're going to do little promotions. There but you go. In, but until then, it's gonna it's gonna do it for now. Perpetual Sports Talk episode seventeen. My name is Sean, and I'm Scott. <laughs>